Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, your personal hype man and friend here today to talk about a topic that we don't often talk about. In fact, I don't think we talk about it at all. And it's the topic of biases and challenging them. But in order to challenge them, we need to understand what they are. And a bias is a tendency, an inclination, sometimes a prejudice for you to believe something one way or the other. It's uh, going toward, you're, you're leaning towards something versus another direction. And so when we talk about this, there are three biases in particular that I want you to be aware of. I never knew about these before. I mean, people have, I've heard it on TV, so to speak, but not often. And when I learned about this, I thought it was so important that we learn about this phenomena, about this concept, because it will affect how we go about our day-to-day lives. Oftentimes you hear about it in workplaces, you hear about it in schools, but I think it shows up in our social setting more often than not, and we just don't realize it. And so here are three different types of biases that I want to talk to you about. The first one, number one, is called confirmation bias. It's the tendency to interpret new ev- new evidence as confirmation of one's existing belief or theory. So when we talk about that, it means you're kind of focusing on all the evidence that supports what you think, right? You, you're ignoring anything else. The only thing you have eyes for are is evidence that supports what you're saying. For example, there is a school of thought that women are bad drivers. And so when you hear about a woman being in an accident, you're like, yep, there it is. That's the proof. Proof that women are bad drivers because of one accident that you heard. You know nothing about the accident. You just know that a woman driver was in the accident. And that supports your theory that women are bad drivers. And so you're like, yep, that's it. That is a confirmation bias. You, there's, there was no proof. There's no scientific reason that says women are bad drivers. You just saw something. You saw one instance of an accident and you called them a bad driver. You don't know anything about it. You just, because it supports what you're already believing, you accept it, Right. So that's a confirmation bias. And it appears all over the place, right? In politics, it's huge. It's huge because people don't want to look at all sides, right? So um, in terms of the U.S. election, it has come up. There are terms of uh, former presidents that it comes up, but it comes up in social settings as well, right? So um, the Orioles are bad baseball team, right? So Hey, I heard the Orioles lost today. See, it's because they're a bad baseball team. Again, confirmation bias. There's no scientific reason. It was one game, not the whole thing, right? But we're taking it to support what we're saying. So how do you counter this? That's the problem, right? Doing it is one thing, but how do you stop yourself from doing it? Well, keep an open mind. Keep an open mind and look at all sides. Find evidence that not only supports your theory, but goes against it. Just because you found evidence that goes against it doesn't mean it's the solution or the conclusion is the anti-evidence is is right. But you're looking at the full picture and not a narrow lens, right? So that's the important thing. Keeping an open mind will help you encountering confirmation bias. 
The second one is self-serving bias, self-serving bias. This one's interesting because I didn't realize it was a bias or that people do this. Um, and what it is, is it's the tendency for a person to take credit for positive events or outcomes, but blame outside factors and other people and other things for negative events, right? So what I'm saying is if something's good, it's because of me. If something's bad, it's because of something else. It wasn't me that brought this about. Okay. So um, an example is you are a student and you get good grades on an exam. That's because of me. I studied. That's all me. You're a student and you get a bad grade on an exam. That's the teacher. They, they aren't a good teacher. That was a bad test, right? Outside factors. You, you don't play a part in that. You only play a part when it's good. That's self-serving bias, right? And that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing, right? Because it, it comes across like it's all about you. It's not. It's not. We, we are here. We got to look a little bit broader, right? So how do we, how do we counter that? This, and these aren't easy things, guys. It's going to take time for us to work on it. But if you're aware of it, that's when you can take the next step to change, to grow, and to get better and be a better person. So how do we counter self-serving bias? Don't ask whose fault it is. That's, that's not what anybody's looking for. Don't blame the circumstances. Again, not what we're looking for. Ask yourself, how can I learn from what has happened? How can I grow? How can I do better? How can I change the out? How can I prevent this from happening again? Right? It's not about blame. No one's allotting that. Your parents might, but that's, that's a different story. But how can I do better next time? Okay. That's how we can fight self-serving bias. So the last one, which is kind of a, an AB kind of situation, it's a two-parter. That's why I want to bring it up. It's called the halo effect and its counterpart, the horn effect. The halo effect is the tendency for an impression created in one area to influence opinion in another, usually positive. And the alternative of that, which is the horn effect, is the tendency for an impression created in one area to influence opinion in another area, usually negative, right? So halo um, gives a positive impression, horn effect gives a negative impression. Here's an example. First impressions right? First impressions. And when I learned about this, I was like, man, we do this all the time in society. We do this all the freaking time because we base everything on things that are just skin deep. First impressions, right? And as a society, we got to work on this. We got to fight this. So that's why I want, that's why I'm talking about this with you guys. See better, do better, that kind of thing. All right. Example of a halo effect. You see someone who is skinny and pretty and automatically assume that they are smart, that they are a leader, and that they will do good at anything that they put their mind to, right? Just based off of the fact that they look good. The horn effect is you see someone who is, uh, 
unfit, right? So they, they may be fat, right? They're the opposite of skinny. They're fat. They are sloppily dressed. And you automatically conclude that they have no ambition whatsoever, that they have no talents, right? Because you've automatically, based on their physical attributes, associated a negative effect on them, impression upon them, right? And the truth is, you could be wrong. There is a slight chance that you could be right, but you could absolutely be wrong, right? What if you caught them on a bad day? What if they are the most talented person ever, right? So that that person who is unfit, who is sloppily dressed, right? Because it's one size untucked or something like that. What if they are the most talented person you know? You just caught them on a bad day, right? Or the other person who is skinny and beautiful and you're like, yeah, they are the smartest. You know what? They should be in charge of the team, but they have no experience whatsoever. They have no interest in it whatsoever, but you've now put this association with them. The point is, either of those things could be true or false. The point is, is that that should not be your deduction based off of no information whatsoever, except how they look. Huh? Right? So how do you counter it? Be objective. Don't let that first impression be how you decide how someone is. This is really bad in the work setting, guys. Okay. Uh, we fall upon it for interviews and things like that, but we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Base it upon the experience. How do they actually do? Right. So be objective and don't base things on first impressions. Take Force yourself to say, nope, that is not what I'm going to say. I'm going to get to know this person before I make a judgment call. Okay. So this is why I wanted to talk about this. These aren't typical things. And it's important to kind of understand that they exist and that they are affecting how we and others are going about our day-to-day lives. So how do you challenge it? We talked about it. So I hope you will take this as a challenge to you to work on challenging your biases. Knowing they exist is the first step in fighting against it, right? So what are we going to do? Let's, let's recap. We are going to keep an open mind, look at all information from all points of view and not just one. We are going to uh, not ask whose fault something is when a mistake or something bad happens. And when something good happens, we're not going to say, Hey, it's only because of me. We are going to keep an open mind and say, Hey, how do I learn from this? Right. And it's not always just me. Kind of keep that mind open. Um, And then we are going to fight first impressions, right? Can't always win, but you can take a step towards doing better. All right. So I just wanted to share that with you guys as you're chasing your dreams. It's important to keep that in mind. It's important to keep that in mind. Also, knowing who you are as people will have these biases against you, maybe even. And just keep in mind, like, hey, as soon as we do better, other people will start to do better and we'll start to make this world a better place. Right. One step at a time, one person at a time. That starts with you. All right. All right, Dream Chasers, I'm going to let you go. And remember, don't stop. Keep chasing.